Oh, fireball indeed tonight, Dave Willem. Sure, Dave, uh, we've had an enormous amount of response to the article that you wrote on Biz News and to our interview on Rational Radio a little while ago. Uh, before we go into the, the uh, issues that I wanted to explore with you on the Sir Donald Bryden Commission, there's been some further developments on Tongat. Is this going in the way that you anticipated? Um, Eric, yeah, hi, good evening. Um, well, I think there's going to be continued developments on, on Tongart as the information begins to flow out. Um, you know, I think it's an ongoing story. Um, sadly, I think it's a, a worsening story. I guess the only ray of hope is that Gavin and his new team are somehow putting together an operational business plan that will help point the company back into a profitable profitable space but there's a there's obviously a lot of there are a lot of things that have to come out and uh, the credibility of the company is is really in tatters right now Dave I want to throw something at you it's it's a conspiracy theory so take it from whence it comes but the new chief financial officer of uh, Tongard is ex um Ilovo Associated British Foods who would be big beneficiaries if Tongard were to go under and offload their operations, some juicy operations in Zimbabwe and Mozambique. And the, 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 the sense, or certainly the, the conspiracy theorists, are saying, hang on, this is not very good because the Tongard shareholders are getting rolled over here. What's your thought about that? I think, look, I've met with Rob Aitken, um, the new CFO, and yes, he did come from Milovo, but... My dealings with him are that he's an exceptional young man. I think he is quite, he's still probably, he wasn't ready to kind of step into the big role that it presented itself to him. But I think he's actually a very smart young guy with a lot of integrity. I've been impressed by him. So I think that's probably a conspiracy theory that, you know, is one of many that kind of emerges out of these type of situations. I would be very surprised about that. Um, personally, I think the sugar industry is, you know, is facing a lot of, of its own issues, and I think this was of Tongat's own making. Hmm. Well, let's see. I suppose the proof is in the pudding. If Associated yep. British Foods end up buying the Zimbabwean operations and the Mozambican operations for a song, uh, but there have got to be other bidders, presumably. Um, RCL Foods would be interested in those as well. So I guess you're right. It's it's uh, given the benefit of the doubt until something funny happens. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's still there's, there's so much murkiness around the company that probably nobody's looking until they get a clearer picture of exactly what um, the balance sheet looks like and what the sustainable earnings of this business are going to look like going forward. But the reality of all of this is that there were auditors, Deloitte, there were um, reputable people involved in the whole Tongart story. It's, you've unpacked it very well for us on Biz News that uh, it, it's pretty clear that somebody was asleep at the wheel somewhere. Of course, most investors are pointing fingers at, at Deloitte. Is this the right place? I think that there's no doubt that this is one of a, a number of really poor governance outcomes in South Africa and in the world for that matter. I think, you know, really over the last decade we've seen a kind of continuing theme emerging of 
corporate failures and one should separate normal business corporate failures from those that were maybe avoidable or where governance should have put the brakes on or you know, where remedial action could have been taken earlier. But there just seemed to be too many. And we obviously had Steinhoff in South Africa, and we've had a whole list of other corporate failures that fall somewhere between. And now Tongart. Um, I, I think the outcome is a poor one where investors, especially pension fund investors, are investing their money into a market on the assumption that they investing with good information, with sound uh, and with a sound uh, governance environment. And the question I raised in, in my previous paper was, we shouldn't worry about this just from the point of view of the people who lose money in these particular companies that fail, but it affects the whole market because the risk premium, which is placed on the South African Stock Exchange, will rise if people don't have confidence in the quality of the companies and the governance that is, um, surrounds the market. So it should worry all companies and, and all players in the market. I think the external auditors are a particular focus point at the moment, and I think it would be easy just to throw rocks at them and point fingers as to where they've failed. And, and I think there is absolutely a need to interrogate the external audit process. Um, I think the one big question is where do the auditors' responsibilities start and end? Are they the police or watchdogs, or are they providing a, a narrow range of assurance? And that, de that debate, I think, needs to be had. Maybe there's a higher expectation of the auditors, and maybe they should be uh, required to provide a higher level of assurance, uh, not hiding behind... Uh, we're not here to identify fraud, etc. Mm. Um, I think the industry has also changed a lot in the last couple of decades. Uh, I think that IFRS has become extremely complex, and so much of accounting these days, <coughs> excuse me, involves judgment. Uh, I had a quick look just before I started this, and the IFRS Standards Handbook, which is published by SICA is about 2,000 pages long. That's just the actual accounting standards that are required to publish a set of financials. It's, for me, it's beyond expectation that the average person could even begin to understand that. And therefore, those that wish to manipulate it mm. have got a really wide open field to play games and use their own superior technical knowledge to bully auditors into submission. Yeah, and haven't we just seen that? But it's a good segue for what you've said now into what's going on in the UK, because the UK does set standards primarily for non-American companies. Americans seem to have their act together, as we have discussed before, but Sir Donald Bryden and his commission which is now having a look at things like this, things like should the auditors be paying more attention to fraud, um, should the, the, uh, the chief executive and the, financial, and the chief financial officer take more of a personal responsibility, indeed perhaps even go to jail if, if the numbers are found to be falsified and so on. It looks like it's a good step in the right direction, Dave. Yes, I think it is. I've, I've spent a bit of time looking at uh, what's going on there. There's, the UK is one of many jurisdictions that, is, that are looking at this, and in particular the 
the CMA, um, the Competition and Markets Authority, has made some recommendations and put forward um, three main recommendations, uh, a split between the audit and advisory businesses, um, some more accountability around the appointment of auditors and strengthening their independence, and uh, a third one, which I'm not entirely sure I agree with, but a joint audit system where there's a kind of call it a senior auditor and a junior auditor on each audit. But this commission has now been formed to explore these recommendations or, or this whole question and come up with a proposal or a framework as to how to strengthen. And I think probably one of the key words or phrases that's bandied about is this question of professional skepticism. Um, the extent to which the auditors should be show skepticism or you know and, and not get too close to their clients or to be too financially dependent on their clients, but also to go in with a, a skeptical starting point. That's not to say you distrust everybody, but I used a phrase in, in my article which is we need auditors to be more bloodhound than Labrador. And that might be a little facetious, but I think maybe we've we've moved too much towards uh, a level of comfort in the audit profession where I think they need to become more sceptical and more questioning. Yeah, so Warren Buffett, as far as boards of directors are concerned, he says we want Dobermans, not lapdogs, but unfortunately <laughs> there are too many lapdogs uh, occupying seats on boards of directors. This The story of scepticism, just to close off with that, it's not just auditors. You you could almost take it across society if you are uh, too skeptical of the President of the United States. You lose your seat in the White House press room. If you are too skeptical of companies on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange or if you attack them too aggressively, there's a, uh, a chance that you won't be invited to the next Investment Analyst Society. I'm talking about not the media necessarily, but uh, investment analysts, and we've seen this time and again. Indeed, it even happened. It even happened with Tongard, where uh, a, an analyst at Investec said that the chief executive should go, and Investec management later came back at the time, it was a year ago, and said they apologised for his for his outburst. This is a very interesting world that we're in now, isn't it, Dave, where uh, there's a lot more onus on us to be to stand up and, and maybe be active citizens, not just in a, a political or in a governance sense, but also in business. Yeah, I think that is right. And uh, there's always going to be a sense that there's an establishment, and not to use it necessarily in the political sense or in any negative sense, but there, there is an establishment of people, bodies, connected uh, groupings who, who tend to operate in a, in a smaller circle than the whole of society. And I think it's important that we have these bodies and people uh, who challenge the establishment, not necessarily always to just knock it down or to um, destroy it or be destructive, but to make sure that we don't get too much groupthink, that we don't start believing in our own rhetoric or our own views. And so, you know, whether it's the audit industry, whether it's the non-executive boards, whether it's the asset management industry for that matter, who I don't think have shown a particularly robust um, view of their custodial roles as shareholders of companies. 
So I think all of these things should be challenged. Uh, active media, um, shelter activists, and just people questioning is very healthy. We should always be worried when people start asking, stop asking questions or challenging the status quo. Dave Willem is a uh, private investor, the whistleblower on Tongat, and uh, bringing us up to date with uh, the latest moves there and in the industry generally.